Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Yes Men. I am, as always, Lou DiPietro. To my left is Doug Williams, my co-host extraordinaire. What's up, everybody? And this is the first postseason edition of the Yes Men. The 162-game marathon that is the Major League Baseball season is over, and we're now down to what amounts to a roughly 35 to 50, depending on how far each series goes, sprint. Eight teams are left. One winner will be crowned later this month to determine the 2013 Major League Baseball champions. And we'll give you some predictions today. Uh, it's a bummer that the Yankees aren't in the playoffs. It feels a little weird. It's it's like, is it fall? Is it October? Really? The Yankees aren't in the playoffs. Um, it's hard to be disappointed just because I, I was thinking about it today. How many of the players that finished with them started with them you know there's so many people and even if you think about it even before spring training this year think about uh the roster that ended the playoffs last year <laughs> raul abanez andrew jones eric chavez uh mark Teixeira, kevin you like all these guys didn't end up being on the roster at the end of this season totally new faces everywhere you went yep uh everywhere you looked i mean and um, and the guys that were injured too, like Jason Nix, you know, he he started and didn't finish. Right, probably never would have made the team to be honest. If Derek Jeter was 100 percent healthy, he yeah, probably wouldn't have made the team. What's interesting is that it's not even about necessarily the star guys. It's like they had to replace everybody. Yeah, you know, Joe Girardi said it, and and Brian Cashman said it to an extent in his you know end of the season state of the franchise address kind of thing the other day. Is that you know when you lose a guy like Jason Nix. And I'm just going to use Nix as an example because I brought him up before. Jason Nix is a very good player for his role. He's a utility guy. Girardi loves him. He loves Nixie. He plays the game hard. I mean, he had like – I think he was like second on the team in steals this year, <laughs> you know, behind Brett Gardner. He he just does things. And Girardi loves him for right. that. When you have a guy go down like Jason Nix at the end of the year, there's 100 Brent Lillibridges and Alberto Gonzalez's and guys like that available. When Mark Teixeira goes down, there's just not a surplus of 30 home run, 100 RBI guys. And as Girardi said, nobody's just going to give them to you either. Now, Lyle Overbay had a very good season, considering that five days before opening day, he had been released by the Red Sox, just left blowing in the wind. You know, they decided they didn't need him to, you know, spell my And in like reality, Napoli. they really didn't need him. <laughs> no, no, that didn't. But... You know, he came in on what Cashman called a three-day tryout, and boom, here he was. He started on, whatever, 130 games for the Yankees, three in right field. Uh, Mark Reynolds was very productive in the month and change he was with the Yankees. Together, they hit probably 15, 16, 17 home runs. Maybe I don't know the exact totals. They're still not Mark Teixeira. Yeah, I mean, you could put as many of these pieces together to try and equal the the, the main goal, right. but you're just not going to get it. Right. I mean, the nine different third basemen they used, including, you know, a good third of a season of, of Alex Rodriguez, still was not vintage Alex Rodriguez, numbers-wise, and wasn't even vintage Kevin Euclid, numbers-wise. I mean, you did have pretty good seasons the last few years, you know, in, in that mix. What the Yankees got out of their third baseman wasn't even vintage Kevin Euclid, let alone A-Rod. So that's two guys right there that you replace. You can't replace middle of the order hitters. Vernon Wells did a great job in April replacing Curtis Granderson. Vernon Wells did a great job the rest of the season replacing name your fifth outfielder here. There's a difference. 
he had a hot month. He did what he was supposed to do. But then when Granderson got hurt again, Wells kind of fell off a little bit. He had some big hits here and there. And he hit lefties well. You know, only hit a couple of home runs in the final four months of the season. But, you know, he, that's hard to replace a guy like Granderson who hit 40 home runs two years in a row. You can't do that with one player. Sometimes you can't even do that with two as the Overbay Reynolds conundrum showed you that, you know, together, numerically, they could not replace Mark Teixeira. And those are two pretty good hitters. Right. So now, Lou, the big story for the Yankees is Joe Girardi, whether or not he'll go to Chicago, if he'll resign. Um, I said in an episode of Reply All yesterday, I think he should be manager of the year. I know that that, uh, Farrell and Francona both have had more successful seasons uh, record-wise. But... Did anybody have to manage, I mean, quote, manage, unquote, as much as Joe Girardi did? I don't no, think so. No, not at all. Um, and I think I even said it a couple weeks ago on the show here that if the Yankees finish in the playoffs, Girardi should be manager of the year. And if not, he's probably still going to be in the top three. And it's probably going to be between Farrell and Tito Francona. I would give the edge to Tito Francona simply because he got 92 wins out of a team that is nowhere near as good as the one that John Farrell got you know, in the mid-90s out of. And a lot of that team was the same team from last year. I mean, they added Nick Swisher. They added Michael Bourne. Brantley's been there. Both of which, by the way, killed them last night. Bourne and Swisher, their biggest free agent acquisitions, killed killed them. them. But Kipnis was there developing last year. Santana was there developing last year. Brantley's been there for a while. Avilas they brought in this offseason. But, you know, Lonnie Chisenhall or whoever ended up playing time there, you know, third base was there. Cabrera was there. Masterson, Jimenez, you know, yada, yada, yada. Whereas the Red Sox, it was like three pitchers and then Pedroia and then, you know, Middlebrooks and insert third baseman here. Iglesias came up at one point to replace Stephen Drew, who wasn't there last year. Their entire outfield was brand new outside of Ellsbury. They had a lot of moving parts. They added a lot of good players. So in my mind, I would say Tito Francona should be the AL manager there. Yeah. But Farrell might win. But Girardi will get votes because to win 85 games with a team that no one would have even batted an eye if you said this team used 56 players and went 70 and 92. Nobody yeah, would have batted. An yeah, eye. exactly. No one would have said, "Well, they should have been better." That's that, and that's something that Yankee fans should feel thankful that we thought it was it was exciting until what right. September 20th or something like that. So they were eliminated on September 21st, right? So that yeah, I mean, so that's a great. We had a great month 22nd? and a half there. Yeah. And uh, of exciting actually, baseball. It was, it was later than that. They were eliminated the Wednesday, the last Wednesday of the season. Right. And and I think you can talk about effectively being eliminated to the point where we were like, well, it's going to have to be a miracle. And that right. was with like nine games left. They couldn't win in Toronto. But uh, what's funny is that we were talking about this earlier and something that I think Lou and I will argue about. The Indians. I, I was tweeting last night. I was looking up the team's uh, schedule and results on BaseballReference.com. And I thought about the fact that they have two really, really, really bad teams in their division, something that the Yankees really didn't have the luxury of having. Toronto's bad, but at the same time, they're top 10 in offense. So, right. And at the same time, everyone thought in March and April that right. Toronto's going to be really good. And they good. had such good talent. But everyone knew in March and April that Minnesota and the White Sox were going to be bad. Right. So this so is a division a with two clearly bad teams. The Indians went a combined 30 and 8. Against those two teams. And Lou's opinion is, okay, they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, which is true. It's, I'm the, not, it's the Bill Parcells thing. Right, you, I, your record says you are what you are. I'm not arguing about that. I'm saying that 
you can't say that the Indians are a better team than the Yankees or the Orioles. I don't think they are a better team because they had 38 games against those two teams. I just really don't think a team that plays two terrible teams as often as they do has has any reason to be in the playoffs when the Orioles and the Yankees who play each other and teams that are better in their division so many times. If there was a way for baseball to expand to two more teams and follow an NFL model in terms of division cycles, depth, ETC, then maybe you'd have a more convincing argument for the Indians being better than the Yankees or vice versa because your your argument would be based on, well, they played the team in their division, but there's more of a – you know how the NFL, every team plays two division games against their division opponents, I should say. And then they play one other NFC division, one other AFC division, and then the two other teams in their conference that finish in the same spot. So basically you have six to ten common opponents with a lot of the teams that you're in the, the playoff hunt with. Baseball, you have a lot of those common opponents too. But like you said, they played the White Sox and Twins 19 times and the Yankees played the Red Sox, Orioles, and Rays 19 times. I mean it's just not comparable. Right. I agree with you. Completely on on that point. That said, you need to win the games on your schedule. And the bottom line is this. The Indians won 92. The Yankees won 85. Yeah, but listen. And the other bottom line is this. Look at the Yankees' record against the White Sox. They were 3-3 against the White Sox. Oh, I totally totally understand. Yankees should have beat the White Sox. But here's the thing. If you add the Astros to that, the Indians were 36-9 and against the Astros, mm-hmm. White Sox, Twins. They should beat the, win those games. Right. But they were 56-61 and 61 against everybody else, under 500. And if you look at a team like the Yankees, who finished in fourth in the AL East, the Indians went 1-6 against them. Right. I just don't think it's possible to say that the Indians are really the better team. I think if you played yes. the Indians against the Orioles ten times, the Orioles would win seven. And that, that, that one and six record included an actual shellacking the first time they were in Cleveland. And that was when the Yankees had really nobody but right. and that's, spare parts in their lineup. That's when they were starting Wells and Overbay and Euclid and that's when the beginning of the year when they had the let's patch the you know, let's patch the bridge together until we get all the reinforcements back. That said uh, Yesterday and the day before, and I agree with whoever said it, and I don't remember where it was. I heard it on some other sports outlet, but I completely agree that it might have even been the PTI guys, actually. The one-game wildcard playoff, as exciting as it is, is so awful in terms of you play 162 games for one. Oh, yeah, and anything can happen. Imagine imagine uh, the White Sox have Chris Sale going. They could win one nothing. Yeah. Matt Harvey, the Mets... Could win, could get into the playoffs. And with, I think with the one problem game. I have with that is this: is that we always say in a one-game vacuum anything can happen. So in Game Seven of a series or Game Five of a division series, if it, if it were that series, yes, anything can happen in one game. But both teams have had a chance to win that series multiple times. If you're in Game Five of a division series, both teams have two wins. Which means, theoretically, at least one team has had a chance to close out the series at least once. Okay? If you're in a best of seven, same thing. Theoretically, one team has had a chance to close out the series at least once and up to three times if they're up 3 nothing. You know, if you're looking at, like, 2004 where the Yankees were up 3-0, they had four chances to close out that series. The Red Sox had one, game seven. But still, they had to fight back. In a one-game playoff, in a one-game situation, in football, okay, you have to do it that way. But everything is that way. 
in baseball, it's like you fight 162 games just to get in position, and now you have one game, possibly on the road, like you know the Rays did at 91 and 71. They had to go play a road game, one road game in Cleveland to determine their playoff fate. There's got to be a way for baseball to make it a best of three somehow. Yeah, I've thought or something. Of, I, I, just something to give a team more than nine innings to save their season after 162 games. I thought about the best of three option because if you think about this, let's say that Pittsburgh hadn't swept Cincinnati in that last uh, series. So Pittsburgh wouldn't have had a home game. Right. If Pittsburgh happened to lose, then the Pirates really wouldn't have felt like they ever made the playoffs. And neither would the fans. Because think about this. You really can't consider a loss in an away game in a one-game playoff. Your fans aren't going to consider you're supposed, that You're supposed to lose. You're supposed to right. protect your house. So so at least a three-game series would allow the worst team to get one home game because some of these fan bases haven't seen the playoffs. They right. haven't seen the towels waving in the cold air. Right. It hasn't happened. So give those fan bases a chance to experience it, even if they lose in two games. So I agree with the three-game series. I also do think that the wild card, the two teams that were better, won both games. I agree. I think we got lucky. I think the Pirates are the better team. And I think the Rays I are think the Rays much are the better, better team, as well. team than the Indians. The thing about that is, is yeah, is you know, you don't want oh, there's so much rest, there's whatever, there's this, there's that. If you play three games in three days, make the wild card hurt, make that playoff series hurt. They play three games in three days. The season ends Sunday. You save Monday for a tiebreaker, like we got with Rays and Rangers. That series is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and those div- uh, division series begin Friday. No rest for the wicked right there. If you're the wild card and you go all three, psst, you're going right. Yeah, and it wouldn't really change much also because the first games are tonight and it's Thursday. So right. it's what? It's one, it's one more day till till like Dustin mm-hmm. Pedroia can, can stop complaining that yeah. he has so many days off. And television ratings are really the reason why it's not because TBS can't show every game and they want all the ratings. But if you have one on TBS and one on TNT, they do it during the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They don't. They don't play. You know. Sorry, we have to play these at sixteen different times. Over True nine, TV. Where are you at? Over nine months because we got to get the tournament done. No, forget that. Put one on each thing. You know, have it if it's over a weekend. You know, make it the afternoon games. TBS had no problem with ratings when they had a three thirty in the afternoon Thursday playoff game. You know why? Because it's playoff baseball. It's, it's not just some random game. It's not a random Tuesday afternoon game. It's playoff baseball, especially if it's game two or even better, game three of the wild card series. So, in, and if you have one team on the West Coast, problem solved anyway. Yeah, it's very true. Even the Central Time Zone problem solved anyway. Yeah, let's look at the playoffs though, Lou. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you two questions. I'm gonna give you two answers. Who will be in the World Series? That's the first one. Okay, and, and the second one is who do you want to to be in the World Series? See, that's that's tough because as a fan, I want the Yankees to play a team that blows in the World Series so they win 4 nothing. Right. Um, the Yankees, unfortunately, aren't in it, so right. now you have the freedom to do whatever the, you want. Of the eight teams that are left, and this is why if you're wondering why you know, we did last week's show on Monday and we're doing this week's on Thursday, this is why we waited to get the wild card out of the way. Of the eight teams that are left, I really, 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 really want to see the Pirates in the World Series. I just... Listen, the Braves were a dynasty. The Braves were the National League Yankees for the 90s and 2000s. They've been great. They had a few lean years, and now they're back to being very good. We've seen the Braves. We know what that's like. Seen the Cardinals, too. We've seen the Cardinals win two World Series in the last couple of years. The Dodgers are an interesting case, but again, the Dodgers are historically 
you know, great franchise. They've made the playoffs a few times. They haven't been to the World Series in a while, but, you know, they're, they're good. Man, I can't even imagine what the last 20 years have been like for people in Pittsburgh. With the Steelers and the Penguins winning umpteen titles in their last 20, 30 years, and the Pirates haven't done anything since the 70s. You know, they've won a couple of LCSs. They, they went to the the World Series, you know, a few times back in the 70s, but they've, they've done nothing of nothing of consequence in terms of at least they were the NL champion kind of theory in 30 years. All right, so so I, I really want to see the Pirates in the World Series just for for them to experience it. Otherwise, obviously, I'm rooting for Don Mattingly and the Dodgers. Okay, so AL? In the AL, it's, it's a lot tougher because as Yankees fans, you're conditioned to not want the Red Sox to do well. Right. And as Yankees fans, you're also like, I don't really want the Rays to do well because it's an AL East team. It's a, it's a direct rival. But then on the other hand, it's like, eh, the Tigers beat the Yankees last year and the year before. And that leaves Oakland. <laughs> Who I want to be in the World Series, I'm going to tell you I want to see Pittsburgh against Tampa Bay. Why Tampa Bay? I think they're the best team of the bunch that's not the Red Sox. I'm just going to be blunt about it right there. I, yeah. I think the Tigers have the greatest baseball player on earth right now in Miguel Cabrera. I think Max Scherzer had one of the most dominant seasons you'll ever see in our lifetime. And I think Justin Verlander, when he's Justin Verlander, is Justin Verlander. Maybe he's Colin Wallace. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, you know, Justin Verlander, when he's Justin Verlander, is is amazing. I still think the Rays just – that lineup, they find ways to win. They play – you don't hear a lot about the, the, the Tigers playing small ball or this or that. And when they got Jose Iglesias, I mean, he's a very good hitter, but he does those kind of things lower in the lineup. Now if they've got Peralta playing left field or DHing, but they're straight-up bangers. I mean, that's that's Prince, that's Cabrera, that's Victor Martinez, you know, Ajax at the top of the lineup. That's a straight-up banger team, Torrey Hunter. The Rays do so many things well. Just, you know, they play small ball. They hit home runs. Longoria kills people at times. Look what he did to the Yankees. And that pitching staff is just, I will give you that Scherzer-Verlander is probably the best one-two punch in the game right now. One through five, that, that Rays rotation is like, if David Price don't get you, Matt Moore's coming. And look what Alex Cobb did the other day. Right. And it's, you know, Hellickson had a bad year, but he's still not a bad number four starter. Chris Archer came out of nowhere and was a serviceable starter. I mean, they just are deep, and it'd be nice. You know, they have a couple of ex-Yankees on there, Jose Molina and... Um, couple other guys, but, you know, so, it'd be nice. So you're rooting for Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and because we're already at 26 minutes, who do you, who does your head think is actually going to be in it? Same thing? No. No, I, I don't think, I don't think Tampa actually can beat some of those teams in a seven-game series, especially since they're playing the Red Sox right off the bat in a five-gamer, and that's tough. I honestly think the World Series is going to be the Red Sox against the Cardinals. Okay. Um... Uh, answering the same two questions, I am also rooting for Pittsburgh in the NL. Uh, I, I know some of their fans uh, went to school with a, a bunch of uh, Pittsburgh people, and they have been starved for a long time. I also I, I like the vibe the team has. Uh, I love Russell Martin. Um, I like Clint Hurdle. I'm rooting for that team. I, I am on the fence in the AL, just like you are. Um, I am also rooting for the Rays. I love Joe Madden. I think he's the best manager in baseball. I also I like a lot of their players. And I just I think that as much as people like to hate on their fan base for not showing up, it's not the fans' fault that they're still in the trot. 
No, I, is, I think I'd much rather watch a baseball game on the moon. Than right, I know. I, I totally get it. And I feel, I mean, I think we'd all look at the Tampa Bay Rays totally differently if they, if they played in a beautiful park. I think we think about them playing at home. We don't really take them seriously. But one of these years, everybody, they're going to win a championship in the drop. And, you know, to be fair, too, one thing I said about Joe, the team, and how they do things well, Joe Madden knows they use that to their advantage. Oh, yeah. They have they a great – we've talked about advantage. that before. Yeah. They, have, they, they know how to play in that park. Right. And uh, as far as being practical, what is my heart saying about what it's actually going to be, I think it's going to end up being Dodgers-Tigers. Uh, and I'm saying that because of the one-two punches on both teams, uh, Kershaw and Grinky, and Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, that's so important for Game 3s and Game 5s, uh, the, to, the ability to have an ace and, and, and then the ability to have another ace. And it, you just that, that kind of talent doesn't grow on trees, and there's not a team of these eight teams that has that. Um, so... Hmm. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. What are you What are you gonna say? Jake Peavy is the Red Sox number four starter. Oh yeah, but that's and I'm gonna let you go back to. But the, but that's but that's that's a four starter, and that all that does is complicate things because if you're a manager and Jake Peavy throws a terrible game, then you go to John Lackey. Are you sure that John Lackey is good enough to be pitching in playoff games? No, but then you look. In my opinion, you look at the playoffs and you look at these three game three man rotations, and you look for. I know exactly who I want to be pitching in this game. I don't care if they got shelled last time. They right. deserve to pitch this time. The Red Sox don't have that guy. Well, see, the thing is is that the, the ALDS makes things so much different than anything else because you look at any other sport, and by any other sport I mean hockey and basketball, it's a seven-game series in every round. Football, it's a one-game series in every round because that's the way football is. Baseball has the one game into the five game into the seven, and it throws things off. So uh, one thing I didn't say about the National League is that I think – my thought about the Cardinals is this. I think they can beat the Pirates. They know they can beat the Pirates. Okay? So that, whatever. Now, the Pirates have Burnett, Garrett Cole, and Liriano going 1-2-3, apparently. The Cardinals have a pretty good 1-2-3 punch at the top of their rotation, too, as do the Braves, if everybody's healthy. And really, like you said, as do the Dodgers with, with Granky Kershaw going 1-2 and then anybody going 3, really. The Dodgers have some injury issues. They're without camp. Ethier's hobbled. You know, they they have some issues, and that's why I don't think they're going to beat the Braves in, in the first round. It becomes a whole different animal in that LCS and then the World Series with the seventh game because the way the schedule is now, you have to use that fourth starter. So now, yes, the, the Tigers are very good with Scherzer and Verlander, and then I would assume Anibal Sanchez is probably their number three starter. But then you're going down to Fister or Porcello versus Jake Peavy after you get past Lackey, Lester, Buckles. Okay. With Tampa Bay, you know, after you get past the Price, Moore, Cobb triad, you have to go down to a Chris Archer, a Jeremy Hellickson, a guy like that. Okay. Because they don't have the shields and garzas and horses that they've had in the past. The Tampa Bay has Moore, Price, Cobb, Archer. That's pretty good. It is. But in a game that could be a turning point, let's just say, let's just say Rays Red Sox was the ALCS, and we know it can't be because they're playing in the first round. If it's two one Red Sox, and you have Jake Peavy on the mound against Chris Archer, think about that. You, oh, have, no, J- you totally- have Jake Peavy, who's like all world Jake Peavy superstar, was one of the hottest pitchers in baseball before he got hurt five years ago, and has still become a pretty good pitcher, versus a rookie 
who's in the biggest game of his life, knowing if he loses, his team is pretty much done. Right. That, I mean, I'm not picking the Rays. I, I, I think it's going to end up being Detroit-Boston. Right. And I think what happens is, in the playoffs, you need hitters. Right. Power Power's out the window because you're going to be facing the best pitchers and at their best. Right. Every pitch is so important. Power doesn't matter. The Braves stink. They're going to lose. I think they might get swept. I worry. The other thing I didn't mention about the National League is I worry about teams like that. The Dodgers ran away with the NL West at the end of the year. The Braves ran away with the AL East from April 1st until the end. The Braves ran away with that division. The Cardinals and the Pirates and the Reds, to an extent, were fighting for that division until the last week of the season. I mean, if the Braves didn't kind of go into the tank a little bit at the end, they probably could have clinched that division on Labor Day weekend. I mean, that's how far ahead they were. The Nationals surged a little bit to keep themselves in it. And both of those two teams that are doing what you're talking about, the Dodgers Mm -hmm. and the Braves, are playing each other. So one of them is going to win and one of them is going to lose. So you have to worry about a team that was kind of on cruise control for so long. So the Dodgers, I think, win because they're going to shut out the power of the Braves, and I think they'll win. And I agree with you that I think the uh, Cardinals will win that series as well. I think the Cardinals pitching is a little bit more human. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is not human. Zach Greinke hasn't pitched like a human being right. for months. I think that they're a little bit more human and younger in their rotation. They have Rue, the Dodgers, going third, who's also very, very good. I am worried, just like you are, about the Red Sox. I think that they are they, their lineup, one through nine, is better than anybody else in the league. Right. Remember, though, Detroit has the best hitter in the world. He's had days off to get healthy. Yep. He's won three straight batting titles. He's he's won the triple crown last year. We are all we're all we're all witnesses to to something that is LeBron James esque. It's just in a different sport, and he is truly the best at his craft. You can't count out this Tigers lineup against the Red Sox with Scherzer, Verlander, and Fister. I really don't think. And remember, they also have Anibal Sanchez, who's pitching like an ace. Right. So. This is a team, I think, that will end up in the World Series. I think they will play and beat the Dodgers, and finally Detroit will get their championship, and it's a city that really needs that. I 100% agree with you on the Final Four and 100% disagree with you on the Final Two. I think that's pretty much the easiest way to say it is that I agree that you're going to see – I think you're going to see a Dodgers-Cardinals LCS, and I think you're going to see Red Sox-Tigers, and I think you're going to see the opposite World Series than you do, but – that just makes it more fun. That makes now, it more now fun. Now I'm looking forward to uh, who's going to be right. And the other thing you can't discount is that if the Red Sox sweep the Rays and Tigers A's goes five, that changes things too because then instead of it being ace versus ace in game one, it's ace versus number three. So there's there's that's what makes playoff baseball great is that there's so many wild cards thrown in that you really can look back now or I should say look ahead now, and then look back a month from now and be like, wow, we were completely off the mark, but there's so many things that change. Yeah. Just because, so true. you know, and like you said, the teams that play tomorrow, starting tomorrow, have had four days off. Right. Their entire, they could pitch, they, they could have pitched their number one starter on Sunday if they, they needed to. They might be totally off. off. They might be totally off their game. We don't know. Um, Lou, we'd be remiss if we didn't, at least for a few minutes, we're already going kind of long today, but if we didn't at least for a few minutes talk about our two favorite football teams playing each other on Sunday. That is it. You they both, they're both really bad. They are uh, both really bad. But they're playing each other, so someone's going to end up looking good or okay or not terrible. Uh, as an Eagles fan, you think the Eagles are going to win? Yes. Okay. Uh, as a Giants fan, I don't know. That just shows how beaten down we are. It's a home game. Uh, I think Giants fans are already really pissed. Um, I think if they lose this, we're just going to give up flat out. 
Uh, Console the season. We talked about this, uh, Lou and I, a few minutes ago. If the Cowboys lose to Denver, which you have to say is going to happen. <laughs> when the Cowboys lose to Denver? Can the we Redskins say have a bye. And if the Giants beat the Eagles, the Giants will be one game out with a terrible team and a 1-4 and four record. They'll be one game out. At one and four, that shows you how bad the NFC is, right? And, and comparatively, and if I'm the three other teams, and I'm the Eagles who have just lost to the Giants, and I'm the Cowboys who have just lost to Denver, and the Redskins coming off a bye, I worry about a team with such a proven coach and quarterback being so close to the top. So, Giants fans, you have to win this weekend to even mm-hmm. be considered. Yep. But it would still be a big win because that means you're beating the Eagles, and hopefully. The Cowboys lose to Denver. Think, think about this, theoretically. And if you can, Doug, on that computer, pull up the week, uh, the schedule for next week. Not, not this Sunday, but the, the schedule for, for week six. The Cowboys play the Redskins in week six. <clears throat> Giants play the, the Bears. The Giants play the Bears on Thursday night, which, as in we Chicago. know, is in anything can happen. And the Eagles... <laughs> do I really even want to say it? They play the Buccaneers. I don't want to sound too confident because... I know the Buccaneers are scuffling, but think about this. Dallas loses to Denver this week, which I think we're, you know, is going to be a very popular pick in the survivor pool. If the Giants beat the Eagles, and then next week the Redskins pull an upset, the Eagles beat the Buccaneers, and the Giants somehow beat the Bears on Thursday night with all the circumstances. Six weeks into the season, you have four teams tied at the top of the NFC East under five hundred. This is not a far-fetched scenario. This is two upsets and a coin flip game going to the home team. That's that's what it is. I, this division is awful. Three things to watch this weekend. Number one, the uh, Giants offensive line is like a silly putty right now. It's easy to mold and move and make do what you want. Can the Eagles pass rush get to Eli Manning? Thing number two, can the Giants offense rebound from its malaise of late with a tired Eagles defense that may be on the field a lot because the— And one and two are related right. with the offensive line, too. Because the Eagles offense is the, you know, the it looks like the Benny Hill show, which sped up about three times faster than your normal NFL offense. So if the defense is on the field, can Eli Manning pick that apart? Can Cruz, Knicks, Ruben Randall have a good game? I don't even mention the running backs because I don't even know who the running backs are at this point. They just released or waived, I should say, Darrell Scott. God only knows who's going to be back there other than Jacobs or Wilson or if Wilson's going to fumble or whatever. So those are going to be your keys to watch. It's like, can the the Giants offense come out of its malaise by exploiting an Eagles defense that could be tired? And on the other hand, can the Eagles offense keep the pedal to the metal against a Giants defense that has shown that it's not necessarily very good, nor is it very good at rushing the passer? Two other things that, that I haven't mentioned yet. If the Eagles win... Then they have a win, and then they play the Buccaneers. So that could put them in really good shape. And the other thing is, what the Giants' season this year tells us is that the tough guys are what matter. Right. The Giants don't have a good linebacking core, and they have a terrible mm-hmm. offensive line. And both of those things are making them look like a really bad team. We all know Eli Manning's good, and we know their wide receivers are good. Mm-hmm. And they have just good goes players to show you on defense individually. The pretty boys don't really matter that much. The tough guys are the ones that matter. But and it's so sad because the pretty boys are the ones are going to, who are going to be all over Sports Center. Right. But remember that most of the time when you see those really great quarterbacks, wide receivers, they have a great offensive line protecting them. So, right. uh, as far as predictions go, I'm I'm going to pick the Giants for absolutely no reason with zero evidence. Lose picking the Eagles. I'm going to go. I'm going to say the final score in this one is somewhere in the over. 
I'm just, I'm, just, I'm not going to predict the final score, but I'm going to say it's somewhere in the over. Because why get specific? Well, because the over under is pretty, pretty easy to pick the over. I think it's, it's, it's going to be two defenses that struggle, and two offenses that one that's you know, when it's clicking, it's clicking, and the other one where if it clicks, watch out. Even though it hasn't necessarily clicked this year, right? And again, with an Eagles win, if they win, they're two and zero in the division, and they they're tied for the division lead. If Dallas loses. That division record could be very important when everyone finishes 8-8. Eight and eight. So we'll see what happens. Come next week, one of us will be able to gloat over a big victory. One of us may be able to say, hey, you made a pretty crappy World Series pick. And definitely next week, one of us will be able to say that we are back on the Yes Men. Until then, I am Lou DiPietro. To my left is Doug Williams. And we will see you next time. Well, see you later.